Welcome, Impactful Parents. It's time for the Impactful Parenting Podcast, where I give you parenting tips and resources to make you a more impactful parent to your school-aged child. I am your host, Christina Campos. Welcome, Impactful Parents. Today, we're going to talk about raising kids in an environment that is totally different than your own upbringing, and how do we debunk some of those parenting judgments that are coming from the outside just because maybe you are doing things a little bit differently. Hello, my name is Christina Campos, founder of The Impactful Parent, and welcome to my Inspire and Learn series, where real parents come on and tell their story of inspiration and learning. Because a wise man learns from his mistakes, but a wiser man learns from other people's mistakes. And today we're going to learn from Stephanie Fernandez. Stephanie is a mom of two boys and lives with her husband in Scandinavia. They raise third culture kids in an environment that supports kids to thrive. And Stephanie is also a rapid transformational therapist helping parents to overcome and break generational cycles of outdated parenting. I'm happy to have Stephanie on today to tell us about her journey of parenting, making boundaries around people who didn't agree with how she was doing things and also living in a multicultural society where parenting is very different than how she grew up. Thank you for being here, Stephanie. Thank you so much, Christina. Thanks for having me. Well, I'd like to start off with your story. Tell us a little bit more about how you came here. Mm, I think really my story is, it started when I was born really in an environment that I quickly realized as a kid that was not very supportive. Uh, I was not the very typical girl that was expected for me to be. Um, I was uh, quite wild and I loved just to be loud and outspoken. And I grew up um, silencing my voice, but not because of bad intentions, but just because um, it was that generation and um, my parents didn't know any better and they just wanted the best for me and expected that if I would just be sweet and, not so loud, then I would have an easier life. But I realized that that was not for me. So I moved away. Um, and somehow it was sheer coincidence that I ended up here in Scandinavia. We raised here now two kids. Um, and that just brought like all my old stuff up. I mean, I, I think a lot of parents can relate to that kids just trigger a whole lot of um, like unresolved issues that we carry with us. It's almost like when you are in a relationship and you have not um, healed from the previous relationships, you project your old stuff onto your new partner and that's just not fair. And I quickly realized that um, that's happening unfortunately um, in my parenting. And so I had to go back, 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 dig, dig, dig stuff up and become really aware and conscious of who I am and what made me who, I am who I am really without the conditioning, who I am as a mom, like what is my identity? Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm still on this journey. It's an everyday process. Um, the kids grow up and they just need different things. They need a different version of me every single day. Um, yeah. Well, I feel like that story is very common. I mean, parenting has the ability to bring up stuff that you didn't even know was there. And you have to address it uh, if you want to be the best parent that you can be, because we do carry that generational baggage, as you were talking about. It's a big deal. Yeah, it is. And what I realized is that 
that generational baggage is so different from our culture and our history where we grew up. I grew up um, in a very small country in Europe shaped by, um, by war. We, we have grandparents with parents that were directly affected um, from war. So there's a whole lot of this scarcity mindset. It's not only about food, that they didn't have enough food and they were hungry, but there's a lot of scarcity of love. Um, I start realizing and uncovering because everyone was just so busy rebuilding a life. But that is completely different to the generational trauma that someone in Latin America might have um, uh, experienced or in, in Japan, you know. So we are, even though we carry similar baggage with us, but where it comes from and the root cause is, is very, can, very, can be very different. And now you are raising your children in Scandinavia, which is amazing, but there are so many cultural differences, I'm sure there also. Yeah, there are like, I mean, the Scandinavian way of parenting is all about togetherness. It's like the most important thing is the bond you have with your child. And so that they can thrive by connecting and we all know kids need to connect they need the feeling to belong and um in scandinavia here parents are just so extremely loose like the kids go out to play they are dirty they just are in a forest all day they have forced kindergartens they have forced schools um it's just they like they leave they leave the, the kids out sleeping even in winter they're sleeping in the prime outside you go to a coffee place as a mom and you just leave your kid in front of the coffee place. And in the beginning, I thought, that's insane. You cannot just leave your kid outside. You don't do that. And here, everyone does that. So you start really thinking, I, if they can, can I? What does it mean for my safety? Like, am I? Like, my kid is safe. I can see it. Do I feel safe? What does it mean for me? Or when my son comes home super dirty in his newest jeans, I'm just like, oh man, you know, this is not how you're supposed to look like. You should like all sweet, dressed up. And I realized that's just my stuff. I'm just trying to put this on him in an environment that doesn't support any of this. So it's a, it's a daily, it's not a struggle anymore, fortunately, because I'm becoming more loose with all of that and um, start seeing beyond the conditioning really um, but but yeah it's quite interesting I love how they do things here it's amazing well that cultural shift and having to change the way you think and and how you parent must have been difficult so what are some tools that you use to manage those cultural differences in your home um one very important thing that I started doing and which works quite well with my kids is meeting them with curiosity and, and without judgment. Um, I realized that I'm quite an impulsive person. I have always been, like I'm very energetic. Um, but I also realized in my parenting that it, it's very helpful if I just tune down the reactivity a lot and just like give them space and ask them, why do you think that? Why would you like this? Um, instead of immediately judging 
that this is something personal. For example, my son um, had his birthday just recently, turned five, and he asked me to sing the Danish uh, birthday song. Of all the languages we speak here in the house, like Portuguese from my husband and German from me, he wishes to, to, to have the song that has nothing to do with us, like us as, as his people. And, but that's just, that's just, and I asked, why do you want that? And he said, because everyone in kindergarten also sings this for me. And I, it just gives me nice feelings, good feelings. That's just how I connect birthday um, with good feelings. And so if, if I meet him with curiosity and really giving him space of reflecting why he wants something that might go against how I would choose it in the first place, um, that helps a lot. I love that suggestion. And it's true. It's great parenting technique across the board when you don't understand what your kid is doing or what they're saying, which happens all the time. I mean, come on. We're always like, what are you thinking? Um, and so to meet them with curiosity and start asking questions instead of accusations or instead of uh, with judgment is so opening for parents. It does make us pause and sit back for a second, but it's an amazing practice. Now, if somebody is listening to this and they're like, wow, Scandinavia, that's so different kind of parenting and just all the different cultural differences that you have even in your home, that brings a lot of benefit, I would think. So tell me, if somebody's listening to this, what kind of benefits are your kids getting from this kind of living environment? Um, I can compare it direct, directly with how I grew up um, in this quite enclosed and limited space. I, I feel looking back in hindsight, I see my kids grow up knowing that there are many different ways of living a life. When we live here, this is the life they have. But we go back home to visit our families and they see they live a completely different life. But none of this is right or wrong. It's just one way of doing things. And I start seeing, especially with my older son, that he, he doesn't judge other people from what they are doing. Um, he just asks me, is this because uh, my, friend, my friend's parents are from Bulgaria? Is that why they are doing this? So he starts really seeing the cultural differences that shape us as people and that we can be friends with different uh, cultures and that there's no right or wrong about it. I think that is him growing up and both of my kids growing up really the biggest advantage. That's a huge advantage to have a cultural empathy and understanding. That's amazing. Now, most of us can't have the luxury of living abroad the way you have, but I feel like uh, by international travel and doing it uh, frequently or making it a priority or even just studying international cultures, um, things that are different than you, it would bring similar understanding, maybe not as impactful as what your son is experiencing because it's day in and day out learning lessons. But as a parent who can't live abroad, uh, that's how I would do it. So uh, do you have any other suggestions of how an adult or could a parent could help a child learn those same kind of things if we can't live it? 
Um, I think we do it, um, we could do it every single day. And it starts with uh, watching cartoons, for example. Um, we watch a cartoon that is called Masha and the Bear and Masha is from Siberia. And we watch something that is called Grisling and he's from Canada. So while we are not just watching um, without reflecting, we sit together and we talk about, look, this is what happens in, Can in Canada. This is, um, Masha is doing that because she lives in Siberia. And, and then you can start of a whole conversation about culture and countries and impact in the way we live and the way kids grow up. Um, and that's, kids can really relate, I feel, when we talk about kids in India have this sort of lifestyle. They eat warm breakfast, whereas here we eat cold breakfast. It, it's the small things just to understand um, difference, to, to highlight the difference and to understand that it's okay. So I think there are many, many ways how we can do that. Another great suggestion. I love that in the cartoons is a great way because you're meeting your child where they're at, at the developmental level where they need to be. And then you start having that conversation. But I have to imagine that it's not all great sunshine and rainbows, that there are certain things that are really difficult about living in international life in a multicultural place. Um, what are some of those triggers that may not be so good uh, that the people could look out for? What I feel for myself is very difficult is um, really the identity part. Um, whereas I see my kids feeling they really belong here and they have the identity of being Scandinavian. They also know, but I have a Portuguese passport and an Austrian passport, so many things. I still struggle with that. And can I be many things? How many things can I be? What can I choose from where, with, from which culture? And I feel, even though I speak the language here, I'm always the foreigner um, in, in, in school meetings. Um, just parents know that, you know, I'm, I'm the foreigner. We do the things differently. Yeah. I see you. How do yeah. you handle that? Is there anything that you do? Um, I learned to be very open about it and I, I journal a lot on it. Like when there's something weird that I feel after the drop off in the morning and someone had a comment, I just journal on it. Um, why did I feel that? What did I feel when, what are other situations that I feel similar, similarly, um, just to organize my mind, to not get confused because I carry that throughout the day and that just makes me edgy. Um, I might not be able to solve it, but I become aware. And that has been really one of the main tools as a parent for me personally, just to become aware, to not be like on autopilot, autopilot driven by my emotions that I don't even know what they are and where they come from. I know people and... <laughs> We tend to be pretty opinionated from time to time. And unfortunately, a lot of people like to project that opinion on, on you, on each other. We do it all the time. So my question is, 
do you get this where people are a little bit more invasive? They they throw their opinion out like, what are you doing? That's not how it's supposed to be done like that. Um, why are you doing that? Maybe they're questioning. Is there certain like even in-laws that could come from family back at home that don't understand the culture that you're living in? Do you get that a lot? Mm, yeah, it, it, not intentionally, but of course we get that a lot because um our kids are just so different than the cultures that we grew up um, in. And we had a very funny, um, it, yeah, in the end, it was funny. Um, we went to Portugal to visit family. And in Portugal, all the kids are very well behaved in restaurants. They just sit and eat and they they are just very quiet. They don't really make a fuss. Whereas our kids are not so much used to going to restaurants. And if we go, then we go here to a restaurant that has a kid's corner where kids can be loud. So we went to have pizza, very um, easy lunch. And our kids were just walking around, exploring the restaurant. They were not bothering anyone, but they were just different. They didn't finish their meals. They didn't have soup for starters. Like all the non-Portuguese things really happened. Um, and then we met um, some friends and they talked about, yeah, you know, these kids that don't really <laughs> stay seated at the table. And we had uh, an encounter with some uh, um, with, with a family in a restaurant is really uncomfortable. And why can they not just make the kid sit? And if the kid doesn't sit, then you need to spank the kid. The kid needs to sit at the table. And my, my husband and I, we looked at each other and we said, yeah, welcome to our life. Our kids don't sit at the table like for half an hour, one hour at lunch in a restaurant. And they felt they felt quite uncomfortable and embarrassed because they didn't expect that that, that was our like the situation that we experienced with our kids. So we do hear that a lot, like, why can you why don't they do that? Why can they not do this? Why don't you? Um, enforce this more there needs to be this type of rule and you need to enforce this rule and if you don't then there needs to be punishment like we have a very different sense of punishment with our kids um, there's no punishment basically there's learning so that's really how we parent um, and I, we just need to be in constant con contact and conversation um, about this but um, we just don't take it personal. You cannot, it, it's not meant um, bad, at least from our families and our friends, but we do see uh, that there is quite a clash in understanding of what kids should do and shouldn't do. How do you set those boundaries personally so that that doesn't bother you? And this mm -hmm. is going to be great advice for anybody because we're always getting judged in our parenting, whether we're international or not. There's mm -hmm. always somebody who's not going to agree with the way we do things. So how do you set those boundaries so that you can feel good about what you're doing in your house and not let it affect you? I have a one-liner that I just trained. I repeated, repeated, repeated it. So that just comes out like um, automatically almost when someone gives me an unsolicited advice or judgment, um, then I just say, thank you very much. This is not up for uh, discussion at the moment, uh, but I hear you. And I have to get conscious of what this judgment and this comment um, triggers in me. What does it mean? Like oftentimes 
not anymore now, fortunately, but previously it would trigger, I'm not good enough. Like I'm not a good mom. Like, oh my God, what am, what am I doing to my kids? The fear of uh, raising them into brats, like that they're not following anything, that I'm not doing anything good for them. That I just ditched that belief. I had to get rid of it. I had to become aware of it. I get rid of it. I know um, I'm grounded in my parenting. I know what I'm doing. I have my values straight. We have our family values. And this is what we live by. Um, yeah, so it just doesn't bother me anymore. I love the suggestion of having that phrase ready to go. And I will take it a step further and say, practice that phrase before you need it, parents. Practice it and practice it and practice it in private, in your brain, whatever. But that way it's second nature. You're ready to say it when it comes in front of you and it's presented. Um, because if we don't practice it, then we fumble and we don't want to fumble. We want to be strong in who we are as parent and in our conviction of saying, no, I'm sorry. This is not up for a discussion. And I hear you. I like that because you're you're still going back to that person saying, I hear what you're saying. You're not trying to shut them down. You're just saying, it's not for me. And I'm I, you're, you're creating that boundary. And in order to create a boundary, you do need to stand firm. So that's where the practice comes into play. It's a, another really great suggestion. Stephanie, you have so much to offer our audience in learning, and I know you are a transformational coach. If people are listening to this and they're resonating with either raising their kids in an international, in a multicultural household, or they need some help with their own transformational coach and parenting, how do they get hold of you? So you can find me on social media. I'm hanging out there a lot on Instagram at hypno underscore Stephanie or on Facebook um, at hypno Stephanie as well. Hypno because I'm a hypnotherapist. I really go into your subconscious belief and ditch those outdated beliefs that you have as a parent. And you can find me on my website, stephaniefernandez.com. And if you have an inspiring story and want to share your story with the audience so that others can learn from you, please go to theimpactfulparent.com slash work with me and sign up. But if you want to become a more impactful parent, you need to download the Impactful Parent app. The Impactful Parent app is free and full of episodes just like this one that will help you in your parenting journey. Because investing in your family looks like learning the warning signs of certain behaviors so that you can stop things before they start, or discovering new parenting techniques to make your parenting more effective. And it's about joining a community of like-minded parents that also want to be the best parent that they can for their child. And all of this, plus so much more, can be found inside the Impactful Parent app. So download it today. And you got nothing to lose because it's free. It's a free resource. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and discover how you can step up your parenting game and be a more impactful parent. But until next time, you got this, parents. I'm just here to help. Thank you for listening today. Remember to subscribe and share this podcast with a friend. And don't forget, the Impactful Parenting Podcast is an extension of the Impactful Parent community. Go to the Impactful Parent website and download the free Impactful Parent app so you don't miss a parenting tip that can help you and your family. Thanks for listening today. So go to theimpactfulparent.com and see you next episode.